but he's been working. And we're going to get more news, more updates from Walter L. Smith II here on the Sunday Forum. While we wait for your telephone calls and your messages, you can write us, dj at wmnf.org. But right now, we're going to take a break and take a listen to some headlines from National Public Radio News. But we'll be right back. You're tuned to the Sunday Forum here on WMNF Tampa. Live from NPR News in Washington, I'm Windsor Johnston. Federal prosecutors are asking a judge to step in and keep former President Donald Trump from disclosing evidence in the case against him involving alleged attempts to overthrow the 2020 election. NPR's Dave Mistich reports Trump continues to lash out at prosecutors and the judge has issued a deadline for the former president to respond to the government's request. In requesting the protective order, prosecutors cited Trump's social media post Friday, in which he wrote, quote, If you go after me, I'm coming after you. Attorneys for the former president asked for an extension to respond to prosecutors' request, but Chuckin denied that effort. She ordered Trump's legal team to respond by 5 p.m. Monday. Speaking at a South Carolina GOP dinner last night, Trump continued to take aim at the special prosecutor overseeing the case. Deranged Jack Smith. He's a deranged human being. You take a look at that face, you say, that guy is a sick man. There's something wrong with him. Trump was arraigned and pleaded not guilty last week on four counts, including conspiracy to defraud the government. Dave Mistich, NPR News. The U.S. government's credit rating was downgraded last week, anchoring the Treasury Department and triggering a major sell-off on Wall Street. Steve Beckner reports the surprise action by credit agency Fitch had other financial repercussions as well. An ebullient Wall Street had lately pushed stocks to their highest levels of the year, despite Federal Reserve interest rate hikes. But Fitch's decision to strip the U.S. of its AAA rating shocked traders. The Nasdaq composite plunged over 2%. The damage wasn't confined to stocks. In the bond market, where longer-term rates are set independent of the Fed, yields spiked. The 10-year Treasury note yield, to which many mortgage rates are tied, jumped to 4.2% four-tenths above a few weeks ago. Other yields went higher, lifting the cost of financing federal debt and denting the dollar's global status. For NPR News, I'm Steve Beckner. Ukrainian President Volodymyr Zelensky says Russia has bombed a blood transfusion center in the northeastern part of the country. The BBC's James Reid reports Zelensky is condemning the attack as a war crime. The extent of the casualties is not clear. The Russian Air Force frequently uses glide bombs to strike targets from a distance without exposing its planes to Ukraine's air defences. Ukraine has also been using longer-range weapons, including missiles and drones, to attack Russian logistics hubs and command centres. Each side is trying to erode the war-making capacity of the other, moral as well as physical, as their armies remain locked in battle. That's the BBC's James Reid reporting. This is NPR News in Washington. Young climate activists in the San Francisco Bay Area are calling on lawmakers to take action to limit carbon pollution. Billy Cruz from member station KQED was at yesterday's climate march in San Mateo. 18-year-old Aaron O'Sullivan is the student lead for the youth chapter of San Mateo's Citizens Climate Lobby. He's fed up. This is the biggest issue that our world has faced uh, ever. It's the biggest uh, problem for facing our next generation. And we're going to make it known that if you don't commit to climate action, we're going to vote you out. O'Sullivan is calling on lawmakers in Congress to put a tax on carbon and give the money back to people through monthly dividends. The group wants to see the U.S. at net zero carbon emissions by 2050. For NPR News, I'm Billy Cruz. 
Police in New York City have arrested a 17-year-old in the fatal stabbing of a gay man at a gas station in Brooklyn last weekend. Mayor Eric Adams says the death of O'Shea Sibley was clearly rooted in hate. We are gathered here to just express our heartfelt condolences to the O'Shea's family. 28-year-old young man. Uh, He could be my son. O'Shea Sibley was a professional dancer and choreographer. He was playing music and dancing with his friends in the gas station parking lot when he was approached by a group of men who told him to stop. I'm Windsor Johnston, NPR News in Washington. Support for NPR comes from NPR stations. Other contributors include the Charles Stewart Mott Foundation, supporting efforts to promote a just, equitable, and sustainable society in its hometown of Flint and communities around the world. More at Mott.org. This is WMNF Tampa, WMNF.org, Community Conscience Radio. Hey, Ed, you want to play What If? Sure. How do you play? Easy. Just imagine something that you'd like to see happen. Like having it rain tacos on Tuesday? Or how about a four-hour block of folk and acoustic music on WMNF? You don't have to imagine that. It's happening every Sunday morning, starting at 10 a.m. with Postmodern Hoot Nanny, hosted by me, Ed Lehman, featuring new and exciting Americana music along with classic folk favorites. And that's followed at noon for two hours with the Acoustic Peace Club with me, Jeannie Holton, and Nathaniel Cox, featuring the best of folk and singer-songwriters with great topical songs and music that matters. Get your four-hour fix of folk music every Sunday starting at 10 a.m. right here on WMNF Tampa. What about my Taco Tuesday? This ain't the Food Network, Ed. Join me late Sunday, early Monday for Body Rock with Mike B., on WMNF 88.5 Tampa. The heavy metal disco train leaves the station at midnight for a three-hour dark journey into the sonic underworld of alternative music. Body Rock with Mike B. Sunday, midnight, WMNF 88.5. Hi, I'm Kenny Coogan. Join Annie Ellis and myself as we co-host the Sustainable Living Show here on your community-supported radio station, WMNF Tampa. On Sustainable Living, we bring you conversations with local experts on sustainable topics. Please come share with us every Monday morning at 11 in our talks about alternative energy sources, organic gardening, farming, and everything in between. Sustainability is a balance of people, profit, and planet. Together, we will make a difference. Right now, you are tuned to the Sunday Forum here on WMNF Radio 88.5 FM. And uh, we're, we're talking to Walter L. Smith II, your host for the Sunday Forum. He's going to join us back on the telephone lines. We're getting some updates on some of the work he's been doing environmentally, especially when it comes to phosphor gypsum and other carcinogenic cancer-causing byproducts in the environment from business activity, human activity. And uh, we've seen that July was the hottest month in human history, at least as long as we've been keeping records. And uh, I'm wondering if August will be hotter than July, as Stevie Wonder once said. 813-239-9663 is the number to call. You can also write DJ at WMNF.org. And we're going to go to the telephone lines and see what you have to say. But we're also looking for Walter L. Smith to join us back here on the Sunday Forum. And we're going to ensue our discussion and uh, talk about all that's happening, especially this heat. (laughs) <laughs> and the environment what we're going to be what are we going to do in terms of fighting back Walter is this you this is Walt alright 
Dan Walter is back. <laughs> Good morning, everybody. Good morning. It is now nine minutes, nine minutes after the hour. And this is a beautiful Sunday afternoon, or Sunday morning, better yet. Yeah. And uh, folks, get on up. Get on up. Listen to us right here on WMNF at 8.5 Tampa, Sarasota, St. Pete. Um, glad to be able to catch you here on air as I just stepped off an airplane to head back home uh, here in Tampa, beautiful Tampa Bay. Glad to have a safe landing touchdown right here yes. back home. Um, MB, we've had a very interesting discussion. Um, yes. I want to hear what people have to say. Well, we do have someone who has written, Alex Beatty has written, uh, praising today's show. He says he's not sure if it's your, in your best interest to read this on air. But you know what, Alex, I think I'm going to try it anyways <laughs> because you communicated it. He said he was an activist with Greenpeace until a few years ago, but he's now a supporter. Uh, he was an the organizer of the 2011 Munn Park protest that called for shutting down Lakeland's coal plant or at least switch to natural gas. Mm. And last year, they ended their coal use. And he said he continued to drive by and observe the activities as dismantling processes were happening. And coincidentally, the coal ash pile was shrinking. At the same time, Lakeland was building the giant hill that is Bonnet Springs Park, which has a store and a museum inside of the hill. And it's his belief that that hill is where Lakeland disposed of the coal ash. Mm. You know, it would not surprise me. It would not surprise me if that's the case. Mm. That's that certainly requires further investigation and further questioning because, you know, just like those graveyards, everything, <laughs> that, yeah. you know, that's been done in the dark will come to light. Absolutely. Absolutely. So we thank you very much. We appreciate those words and that information. And I will actually look into that. Yes. All I'll right. Look into that. And let's let's push that issue. Let's push that issue. You'll, be, you'll make a note of that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That, that's something that we'll, we'll take a look at. Bonnet uh, Springs so, Park. We... Mm-hmm. We have a call, so we're going to go ahead and see what that caller has to add to the conversation. Uh, go ahead, caller. You're on the Sunday Forum with Walter L. Smith second. Uh, good morning. Chris Steiner here. Just uh, wondering how DeSantis would fight the deep state if he's not going to, well, fight, but actually support by signing the HB 1191 to allow Fosco Gibson in the roadway. So uh, if he can't stand up to big phosphate like this, We're having a hard time hearing you. Uh, you might have to call us back on a better line. Chris, we can't. Yeah, we can't hear you, Chris. Call, call back in, okay? Yeah, but I think I got uh, the gist of it. You know, you can't. You know, even a Republican governor, you know, they talk tough, but they can't stand up to the phosphate industry. You know what? Um, interesting. Yeah, to say the least. They, they, you know, <laughs> you talk tough and you can't stand up to the phosphate industry. You know, I don't, you know, it's, let, let me just say this. Um, in all fairness, let me just say this in all fairness, it's easy for us to pass judgment on governors and people like that who make decisions with regard to things like that. I'm going to just be fair, okay? Um, mm-hmm. when, they, when they say it's lonely at the top, it is lonely at the top because you have to make some decisions that I don't envy them for having to make. That's why you have a legislature. That's why that's, that's, that's Congress. That's right. That's exactly right. But sometimes your legislature is like our legislature. Yeah, they just they, they just prop them up. Huh? Unbelievable, unfreaking believable that you have a predominant number of people that are that damn dumb. 
I, I just, I can't, I can't understand it. Well, yeah, I understand it. <laughs> it's money. It's money, exactly. It's money. They spend most of their time dialing for dollars, nothing else. Man, listen, and that is, that is, um, so they're sacrificing lives for money. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that's big news. That's so big news. Huh? Unbelievable. Well, Unbelievable. You know, but that's, that's what, that's what these governors and mayors have to have to work against. Um, when you when you're working against them. Now this governor here is not working against anything. He's just going right along, and he these guys are literally dumb enough to follow right behind what this guy's talking about. Anything this guy's talking about. Um, he just goes to sleep one night, comes up with an idea, some sort of evil idea, and wakes up in the morning and says, "Oh yeah, hey, we're going to tell people not to stay gay." Oh, yeah. We're going to arrest some people because they're protesting. Oh, yeah. We're yeah. going to mess with Disney World. Like oh, any- yeah. <laughs> We're going to, you know. Like any dictator, you have to surround yourself with sycophants that's going to prop you up and, and do what you want done. There you go. There you go. And that's what he is. That's what he is. So, that's what we're faced with here in the state of Florida. Right. Um, you know, I, I just, honestly, it's just terrible. Um, we'll hope you're calling 813-239-9663. All people who called before, please call again. 813-239-9663. We had to get that information out um, to, to talk with you and give you some more information to kind of digest so that we can have a really, really robust conversation with regard to the violence that's happening uh, to us uh, and, and what's being, what's happening to us um, domestically, what's happening to us globally, what's happening to us, right. uh, period. And the decisions that are being made are incredibly uh, dangerous. And the decisions that we're left with having to make are ones that, in some cases, uh, i got to say, I'm very proud of. <laughs> I'll give you an example of what I mean. Uh, we're seeing more and more an increasing number of African nations that are inviting black Americans and black people from the West, sons and daughters of the diaspora, to come over and live. Also to come over and do business. Bring your expertise. Exactly. Bring your expertise. Bring your business. Let's do business. And, and this is the time to do it. I encourage you. I encourage you. With one who, as one who has lived there, as one who has done, um, just had discussions with people who were there, and listen to what they had to say. I've been on radio talk shows there in Africa, uh, from here, from, from abroad, uh, discussing the issue of doing business there during the time of President Obama's administration up until now. And I can tell you right now, we need to make certain that we are doing, that we are making our move. If you listen to people like Dr. Eric Conniquo, uh, if you listen to PLO Lumumba, uh, if you listen to uh, Julius Malema, if you listen to uh, the president of Kenya, if you listen to the president of Ghana, if you listen to Ethiopian uh, the Ethiopian um, uh, legislators, uh, you will find, and those just to, to name a few, you will find that the the vast number, matter of fact, most of those people of all the fifty some. Let's say 54, 56, somewhere between 54 and 56 nations, depending on who's, who's right now, yeah. independence war, um, mm-hmm. on the continent of Africa, uh, literally, uh, the, 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 we need to be making moves to get to Africa and do business and do, uh, and, and live there. Shoot, everybody else go, you know, goes there to visit and not just visit, but live there. Uh, some people can do citizenships in their, in their countries. Right. Yeah, the dual citizenship uh, is very popular uh, yeah. because they, you know, they want pop, they want access to the United States as well, yeah. and for us to uh, be dual citizens would give them that, you know, help bring some power from the exactly. and, and right now motherland to the diaspora. Mm-hmm. Right. Let me tell you, it'd be right now. It sounds violent because of the fact that we've done such. This country has done such underhanded stuff. But the reality of it is to do business with the United States is a good thing. 
to do business with Europe is a good thing, but do it in in under our terms. All right. Well, you know, yeah, Russia and China wants to do business, and they they have their own terms and uh, yeah, their own yeah, methods. Yeah. And we've seen divide and conquer play out in terms of the coups. And so, I think our our presence there could help alleviate some of that, unless we follow along with this uh, this this agenda to divide and conquer and force coups on the nation so that our side can get in. Because I'm looking at South Africa, that, that's the place that we could have we could have been, that's the engine, that has been the economic engine of the continent. But, you know, ever since the ANC has come to power, and probably because of the lack of cooperation between the diaspora and the uh, ANC, uh, we they're facing a whole lot of economic problems right now in terms of keeping their promise they made 30 years ago that it was going to be a better life for all. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, you're also looking at the Democratic the Democratic Party there in South Africa that has historically sided itself with the National Party. Um, the now it's trying to give itself a new image mm-hmm. in the country, referring, dealing with the issue of the numbers of, of people who don't have jobs, and more specifically the numbers of white people who don't have jobs. Um, you know, that is the, the, the issue that they've had there. You know, that's the, you know, <laughs> the number of white people isn't the problem per se. The number of people, of black people that don't have jobs, the predominant number, mm-hmm. I have a job. That's, that's the real issue. Uh, the number of white people not having jobs, you know, uh, you talk about white privilege in South Africa. I mean, come on, man. You know that's that's uh, that is a an issue that needs to be uh, resolved there in that country. Mm-hmm. And so when I when we analyze the issue of BRICS, for instance, before you know, South, again, South Africa is in no condition to go into a deal like BRICS, not in any condition. There's too many internal issues, uh, both economic and social, that it has to get past in order to be able to do deal with BRICS. The, the, it, it is not like the other countries that are a part of BRICS, um, uh, in that th- that it is uh, that that it, that has had predominant control over it, over the majority of its history. Uh-uh. It's not the same thing. Russia has been they're white. Russians are white. Mm-hmm. That's what they are. Ethnically, there are some there are some differences internally, but overall. They're white, and and when you get France is is white, mm-hmm. uh, Saudi Arabia they're Arabs. When you look at uh, what's what's the other uh, uh, Dubai, well Brazil, Brazil. Oh Brazil, you talking about the BRICS? Yeah. Brazil and um, China. China, they're Chinese, and so that you know there's there's no ill stands of us about where they stand. On the majority, you know, pre- pre- uh, or the prevailing issues. Uh, but when you talk about South Africa, you're talking about a major myriad of number, a myriad of issues that they've got to get past before right. they can actually be successful in something like BRICS and make a right. successful contribution to it. Plus, there's still, again, the environmental issues that even the BRICS countries, especially China, have mm-hmm. to deal with. Mm hmm. Absolutely, absolutely. Um, when we look, at, um, uh, if you can find a soundbite um, from um, Julius Malema, that would be good. Certainly. Okay. Do we have we have some calls in line? Yes, sir. Let's go to the call. Eight one three. Two three nine nine six six three. We're talking to Walter L. Smith on the Sunday Forum. Go ahead, caller. You're on the phone. Hi, uh, Chris Steiner here. Can you, can you hear me better now? Yes. Mm-hmm. A little yeah, bit. Okay, sorry about that. I heard me. If, if that's uh, bad, I can make it even better, I think. Uh, so uh, let me know. Stop me if I'm, if, uh, I'm not clear. Um, I want to say that uh, the Santa can't fight the deep state of, you know, by his signing that HB 1191 from following the phosphorus in the roadways, because um, if he can't fight, <clears throat> if he can't fight a big phosphate, then he's not going to fight uh, the deep state. Uh, he's not 
stand up against child trafficking more, uh, actually do something, then um, he's not going to fight the deep state. So, um, you know, the deep state. Fight. You keep you're saying the deep state. What's the deep state? You mean the bureaucracy? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Those who are in control. Uh, you know, the Jeffrey Epstein circle. <laughs> why don't we see? Uh, why don't we see prosecutions for those who? Or uh, using his services, or give Lane Maxwell, or the victims. Why don't we know who they are? Well, because the deep state, of course. <laughs> uh, simple things like that. Why aren't we told the truth? Um, and another thing uh, on the um, on the electrical uh, substation, Walter, you're, you're mentioning. Uh, check, I don't know if you've uh, heard of this book called The Invisible Rainbow by Arthur Furstenberg. On no. Uh, on, okay, it's really groundbreaking, uh, pioneering book. There are many other good books, but uh, this one uncovers how so many diseases were caused uh, with the electrification of the country. Uh, it coincided with the electrification of diseases the caused by the electrification of the country. Okay, uh, power lines. <laughs> okay, power, yeah, especially the high test power lines. And um, I encourage folks. Uh, I have a long list of links on. Uh, EMF, electromagnetic field uh, protection and assessment mitigation. Uh, go to the links page over at theliberationstation.com. And uh, the category, the list of categories at the top is uh, freedom from smart meters, electronic harassment, electromagnetic field, and uh, electromagnetic pulse protection. Do you, so, that's, do you think people can be protected from the electromagnetic field? Uh, certainly. There's uh, shielding clothing. Uh, tarps, canopies you can put over your bed. <laughs> Although uh, there's drawbacks to the, the idea, the best thing to do is to stop it at the source. But uh, you know, the drawback to shielding is that you can also shield yourself from beneficial radiation to which we've become accustomed uh, over the millennia, and also uh, any negative radiation that makes it through, say a bed canopy, can bounce around on the inside, concentrate. So uh, that is the drawback, but uh, it's still better overall better for you um and uh and also locally here uh i know someone who uh, does assessment and uh um mitigation and also a uh, geopathic stress can cause uh, electromagnetic fields but uh you know he finds source his name is jason king uh emfgo.com is his place and uh and I want to uh, mention, uh, you know, about prevention for the doctors called in the prevention for COVID, um, mineral ions, the ionic minerals that prevent bioreplication. You know, ionic is the best form, but uh, you want to think copper, selenium, and silver, uh, any of those uh, will prevent COVID uh, viral replication. And also uh, Dr. Peter McCullough, who's the most published author of uh, peer-reviewed studies on COVID, he uh, recommends uh, base spike detox, and these are ingredients you can. These are just supplements you can get on your own. Oh. Uh, but he sells a formula of natokinase, which is from fermented soy. You can actually make that. Okay, yourself. I'm having a hard time following you, so we're going to move forward. Walter, what do you think? I think that the information that that is given, as far as is valuable information, clearly uh, that that we we encourage people to look into. Definitely, number one. Number two, uh, with regard to the electromagnetic fields and the protections, when the electric companies do things like this and they put the fields in heaps, I, I know I know Chris um, well enough to know that he, 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 when, when he talks about these things like this, he speaks of it objectively from one perspective. Um, and, and, and from the perspective of a white male who probably has not, it probably has a, a very, or believes in a well-meaning society or well-meaning, I don't know, maybe not, maybe not. I may, I may be very, very wrong about this. But let me just say this. The electric company does not mean you well. They just don't. Okay, let's just call it what it is. When they build these substations um, in black communities, like they did, and like they do in Sulphur Springs, like they do in and and just just drive around, just drive in communities, and you'll see the difference. 
sub, there are substations right smack dab in the middle of black communities, in, in the middle of Hispanic communities. And there are... Okay. Um, and there are also issues with regard to... Um, with, with regard to buffers. So, you know, we want to make sure that we have, that, that there are buffers. You come out here, you come out there to the areas like in Wesley Chapel or New Tampa, there are buffers. When they have the substations out there, there are buffers between the substation and residential areas. They don't, they don't put those, those substations smack dab in the middle of those, of those, uh, of those communities, of the white communities. They don't do it. They do not do it. They put them in remote areas, a good distance away, a reasonably di- a reasonably good distance away from those communities, mm-hmm. so that there's uh, very little, if any, blowback right. or illnesses that that will occur. And so, you know, to believe that, you know, to talk about wearing certain clothing and that's not nobody's going to do that, man. Nobody's wearing clothing that's going to protect them. They shouldn't have to do that. We don't live on Mars, man. We live on Earth. <laughs> you know, who, who does it? I mean, that's that's that's, that's crazy. Nobody's going to do that. Right. And if, if if we had to do it, it would be a premium on those type clothing where yeah. poor people wouldn't be able to afford them anyways. Yeah. You know, so. it's designed that way, man. It's designed that way to, to do this to us. You know, we, we, we were, redlining was done for a reason. So they can put all their stuff, all their garbage, they put all their garbage off on us. That's why they do redlining. That's why they did it. Mm. So, you know, to think that somehow there's magically going to be some difference now, there's no difference. There's no difference. Well, 813-239-9663. Walter is... L. Smith II is on the phone this week, taking your telephone calls, and you can also write us, DJ at WMNF.org. And uh, he's just running down the science for us and responding to... You give us science, baby. <laughs> running it down. <laughs> <laughs> hey, listen, you know, <clears throat> let me also say, um, you know, we talk about bricks, and we talk about the talk about violence, right? Mm-hmm. And let me tell you something, man. Uh, we need to be very careful and stop the, the African nations. I, I, I am really, really wanting the African nations to please be careful with their relationship with Russia yeah. and their relationship with China. Please do. I mean, this is not Lenin's Russia. This is not Khrushchev's man. Russia. This is Putin's Russia. Russia, man. This is Which not is... <laughs> a game. And it's not something to play around with. These guys are, are playing for keeps and they are they are these are European. <laughs> so what do you think is gonna happen? The Chinese have taken a long, long, deep breath and a deep smoke <laughs> off the stuff that they've been puffing. <laughs> and they are doing the same thing. Right now, that the Europeans doing, don't don't listen, man. You better put some things in place, some safeguards in place, and recognize that these people are out to do the same thing to you that the rest of the Europeans have done. There's no difference. There's no difference. Uh, just you know, watch what's watch your back. You know, if my focus, my focus, if I if I were if I were to say. I would I would actually say to Africans and African nations, my focus would be on creating that United States of Africa. Right? Number one. Um, number two, stop worrying about trying to shut down the United States. Don't worry about shutting down the United States and shutting down Europe and all that stuff. Just my just deal with your resources. Building your Building, doing articulation to make sure you're building your societies that are run by you. Africans run, Africa run by Africans. Do that. Worry about doing business with Africans. 
across the diaspora. I, you know, I'm, I hear a lot of the, 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 the words that are being spoken, and I understand the anger. I really do. I truly understand the anger. And I understand why they're saying, you know, we could crush the U.S. dollar and everything. Listen, don't worry about crushing the U.S. dollar. Don't worry about crushing the U.S. dollar. Which is uh, kind of spinning your wheels anyway. Anywhere in the world you go, if you open up a, a suitcase full of dollars, they will take it. Exactly. Don't don't worry about that. We're worry about trying to control your gold, uh, your gold resources, your silver resources, your platinum resources, your coltan resources. Worry about getting getting your environmental standards up to par. Worry about trying to make sure you kick out the European powers that have been that have been stymieing your economies all this time. Worry about controlling the the. Um, um, your your cocoa reserves uh, and make sure that, that that is where it needs to be so that you're not having so that um, you don't rely on um, Switzerland or so that Switzerland can't say the types of things they've been saying about places like Ghana, for instance, right? That is that has come out which president came out and said, listen, you know, the, the representative from Switzerland in a very famous video, has come out saying, you know, saying, you know, there's there's no other way to do business than how we've been doing business, and we need to continue the relationship that we have with Ghana. And Ghana can't, Ghana's president came out and said, no, we're not going to continue doing business the way we've been doing business. We're going to control the cocoa reserves we have, and we're going to uh, manufacture them the way it needs to be manufactured. If you want to buy cocoa from us, you will buy it from us on our terms. Not yours, ours. You know, get them out of your country. Get them out. Hmm. You know, and, 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 you know, they want to have an office there. Have an office like anybody else have an office there, but on your terms. Stop letting them dictate terms. Well, speaking of which, didn't you mention that you wanted to hear from Malima? Are you talking about Julius? Yes, Julius Malema. Oh, my God. I've been there a number of times when I was there. <laughs> we, we were much younger, but, you know, that, that would be great to hear from him again. Um, well, you know he's in the middle of a controversy right now, right? Huh? Well, he's always in the middle of a controversy, oh, yeah. but he's in the middle of one right now, and he's gotten to a war words with, of all people, Elon Musk, who was born in South Africa. Because apparently Julius Malema uh, created a song. I guess it's a political song. It was, uh, you know, shoot, shoot, uh, kill the boy. That's not. That's not. Look, that's not. That's not. New. And he didn't create that. One. Okay. That's an old song. That's an old, old song there. All right. So Buzz claimed the organizers were openly pushing for a genocide of white people in South Africa, <laughs> and he asked Malema, "Why do you say nothing?" Um, uh, he asked President Cyril Ramaphosa, why do you say nothing? And Musk uh, has been trying to insert himself into all of that, but it's a chant of a song called Kill the Boy. It's, it's at a political rally in South Africa over this past weekend. It sparked a backlash in both South Africa and the United States, including, as I said, Elon. Uh, but we can hear, uh, we can see if we can find a quote from Malima, I'm looking at his his picture, Julius Malima. He was speaking during the Economic Freedom Fighters' 10th anniversary. Uh, he is part of this a Freedom Fighter Party, uh, which he has been taking everybody in South Africa to task because of the way things have have gone down in that country. And uh, 100,000 people showed up at an event, and I guess that's why, you know, white people were feeling kind of scared about all this, and uh, we contrast that to the United States and the most violent language they can think of, they're constantly spouting out, and I haven't heard Elon Musk take any of these white people in the United States to task for their violent language, including this governor. Exactly. Let's hear that. Yeah. Let's, 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 talk, about, let's talk about that long history of clan, of clan songs and cross burnings, public cross burnings and public lynchings, the actual violence 
that takes place and now that they they applaud they 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 want to reminisce about you know they want to create all kinds of monuments to the confederacy which was nothing but violence well, these people are crazy as the one side it's the typical thing that happens when power begins to change they, they try to hold on to it as much as they can and then try to try to tell you about how you're wrong how am I wrong and try and try to get and try to tell us about how our uh, how our violent positions are that you know listen I'm not one to espouse violence I'm simply saying that you know you reap what you sow. You reap what you sow. Now you, you, you sat up there, they sat there in South Africa and did all those things. And I wish that what we're going to do, MB, is we're going to take a time and we're going to get the collection of the of the uh, Truth and Reconciliation Commission and and the testimonies that were done. And I want to play. Mm-hmm. Those testimonies from whites and blacks about the type of violence that was going on. Oh yeah, in South Africa. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's what we need to do so that people can really understand what was going on. I was there during the first part of the of the, uh, of the commission. I can tell you right now, it wasn't any joke. It wasn't any joke, and the stuff that they did to each other was terrible. Absolutely terrible. Hmm. Absolutely terrible. The things that were done to attack. And the things that were done to re- to respond and react to it were, right. were terrible, absolutely terrible. No, nobody should have to uh, endure the type of things that they endure, right. and, then, and then come up with ways to retaliate. It was man, that's ter- that, I, I can't even say it anymore. It's ridiculous. Well, somebody's trying to talk again. They have called us. So let's go back to the telephone lines and see what they said as I look for a nice quote from Julius Malima. Hey. Go ahead, caller. You're on the Sunday Forum. You say what? Am, am I on? I'm on the radio? Yes, you are. All right. I think it's more, you know, I understand the frustration because especially right now, history is repeating itself and I totally respect you this radio station for not it's just uh it's not opinionated it's just facts or you know listen to people mm-hmm. yeah but uh you know I, i'm a white dude but i can't put myself in you know anybody else's shoes but mine but i have empathy but uh I, it is a growing problem and unfortunately you know, I'm, I'm from Oakland, California, where there's a lot more culture. And uh, unfortunately for this state, and all, I just heard about the Deep South, this, this is not, you know, I, there, there's less rural towns here in Florida. It's just, it's, it's not ignorance. It's just people don't understand. And all, if if you don't have cable or nothing, all you're watching is Fox News, and we all know Fox News is BS. You know? <laughs> so I know that's right. I uh, know that's right. Yeah, yeah. And so uh, you know, it's just it is it is so kind, you know. And everybody's angry unless you like uh, unless you're trying to make America great again with the biggest uh, dummy. Hey, it's, it's called populism, right? It's, he says what they want to hear, whether it makes sense or not. Yeah, and unfortunately, you know, uh, the United States, the percent of white folks compared to everything else is two, at least 200, 250 million compared to everyone else. And I think Latinos, you know, have a more by population, which means they have more vote when actually it should be, you know, the uh, African-American black folk because they built this one here for my grandmother. And, but I feel, yeah, and I vote every time I'm in this state, but it doesn't mean nothing. That is so frustrating. Yeah, it feels like it means nothing. Huh? Yeah. It means, 
it means nothing unless I'm in St. Petersburg, you know? <laughs> <laughs> and everybody feels okay in St. Petersburg. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I love St. Yeah. Pete. I love St. <laughs> Petersburg. <laughs> the whole other ball game yeah. we're with. So right now, and I heard the stuff about Africa, but Africa, from what, little what I know, from, uh, you know, all the whitewash movies and, you know, <laughs> news, it's just, it is so, 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 uh, uh, what do you call it? Uh, uh, it, it's, it, you know, it, I, I feel like a lot of the presidents and stuff are looking for themselves because they're still yeah. having genocides the same way they have been for the last hundred years. Yeah. And that ain't right. No. Yeah. And that's where we get all our gold and diamonds and minerals and everything. Why are we, you know, trying to, trying to protect the Middle East? It, it, it just doesn't make sense. It's, it's so complicated. They're still, they're still scrambling for Africa and its resources. You know? Diamonds and gold. Yep. Gold is still the most profitable thing, yeah. That's, uh, that would explain why China and Russia still fight so hard to get influence. Well, yeah, but, but, uh, but Russia, oh, oh can, can I comment on the Russia are white people? or No, Russians are not white, I th at least to me. Like, white people are, 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 you know, white people born in America, no matter, you know, as long as you're not, like, I'm a third-generation American, but, you know, I'm a white person. But if I were Hungarian, which I am, half Hungarian, uh, you know, if I was born there, I'm that, you know. I, I, think, I think the whole black and white and brown and Latino thing is just this waiting people from just the, the, the white man set that up. It's almost as bad as China. <laughs> but it's, also, it it's also providing a political playbook for the right wing right now. Oh, 100 percent. Oh, a lot of Eastern, I feel like most of Eastern Europe, right? Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah. I mean, let me tell you about Hungary. Well, Hungarians is, is I've had the, I've had some some positive uh, interactions. I've had some negative observations. The, the, the and positive most of it has been positive. Um, yeah. But the negative, the negative has been something that kind of looms, you know, and it, it happened when I was in Boston, and I went to a, uh, a restaurant up there. Okay. And it was Hungarian. And okay. the way they acted towards me was horrible. It was absolutely terrible. It was like I didn't belong in their restaurant. That's right. not fair. The prices were... Yeah. yeah, the prices were astronomical, ridiculous. And... And the price you got to pay just to deal with that shit. But yeah, it was, it was terrible. It was terrible how they how they acted towards me. And I was like, okay, you know what? I'm not going. You know, I tried to give them a chance, but I was like, you know, I'm not going to do this uh, anymore. And I just left. You know, it was it was ridiculous, absolutely ridiculous. Um, but when you come, when you deal with, you know, the everyday Hungarian, it seems everything's cool. You know, uh, as long as they're not put in a position where you don't have to serve. They don't have to serve you. And I, when I say you, I mean someone like myself who's black. Um, you know, it seemed like that was fine. You know, and it was just that was just the observation of my observation of that particular interaction. It doesn't mean that that's the way it is all the time. It's just that was just my observation of that interaction. To, to be fair, okay. Oh, well, that's a hundred percent fair. And you know, at the end of the day, you know, Hungarian the government is a piece of shit. You know, just like <laughs> the Putin, just like Putin is a piece of shit. He's the same. Hey, thank you for your call. You a little bit too gratuitous for Sunday morning. <laughs> uh, sorry, man. but yeah, we, yeah. I appreciated you that call. Be careful with that, man. You gotta be careful with the words, brother. Uh, if you want to call back, you can, but just be careful with the words, okay? Um. Yeah, but you, thank you for calling them. I really appreciate the conversation there. Do you have any other call, any other calls? No, but we're gonna okay. go ahead and and listen to Julius Malima. Okay. 
Right. The defiant EFF leader, freedom fighter. <laughs> <laughs> My man, Juice. Here on the Sunday Forum. Uh, let's see if I can get get it going here on the Sunday Forum. Welcome back. Thanks for staying with us. A defiant EFF leader, Julius Malema, says the courts have ruled on uh, the uh, struggle song, Kill the Boer, Kill the Farmer, and no uh, sponsored outrage will stop him from chanting the slogan as and when he feels like it. A group of unhappy Afrikaner men who arrived uninvited at the party's headquarters met, uh, were met with resistance uh, from Secretary General Marshal Tlamini and uh, other members of the EFF. A political slogan chanted in the early 1990s as a form of political consciousness by struggle stalwarts inspired to fight against an oppressive apartheid regime. 30 years on, the EFF leader Julius Malema says this slogan is not going away and sponsored outrage will not prevent him from chanting a slogan synonymous with this country's struggle. That is a court decision that must be respected. Those who have appealed it, they must go and fight it in court. We won and we shall sing this song in line with the court decision. The court of South Africa, an independent court, has made a declaration on this matter and is closed. This is sponsored outrage by Helen Zille. You know, black people, there are some black, uh, clever blacks who, who are told by Helen Zille to get angry. Yo, Helen is angry, now we must be angry also. <laughs> eh? They wait for a magogo with a wrinkled Botox face. How do Botox and wrinkles go into... That's, that's, a, that's a face of a devil. A devil. Botox with a wrinkled face. Pretending that she's angry. If Helen Zille was genuinely opposed to this, I don't even want to talk about that illiterate John Stasen. If Helen was opposed to this for real, why didn't Helen join the case? Why didn't the DA join the case when they, I was taken to Equality Court? Why didn't the Freedom Front join the case if they are genuine? So I'm not going to over-explain myself and no wrinkled Botox fake face shall make me over-explain myself. I will sing this song as in when I feel like. The political slogan has however sparked unhappiness from some in the Afrikaner community as some white men arrived at the EFF headquarters. They were involved in a scuffle with EFF Secretary General Marshal Lemini and Central Command team members Vianne Pambo and Snao Tambo. Malema said they should thank their lucky stars that they were not met with the full might of the party. Yeah, it's not a place where we're scared of a white man yet. Yeah. Is the only liberated zone in South Africa. Yeah. No white man comes taking chances here. Those ones who came earlier, they must thank their God. They must, they must try it again. They must thank their God. It's not a playful area here. You can argue your politics wherever you do. Don't come here. We never go to anyone's offices. We never interfere with anyone's programs. But we are not going to be undermined. We've got everything we need to protect this office. Everything. And we'll defend it with our lives. So that's Julius Malema in South Africa saying that he will protect his right and defend his right to say this slogan, chant this slogan, kill the boy, kill the farmer. And, and as you heard, there was a scuffle between blacks and whites as whites showed up 
at the headquarters of the EFF, Julius Malema's political party, I guess to show them that they were going to stop them from using this slogan and uh, a couple of white guys got punched out outside of that headquarters. That's what you heard there. Walter, we're back there. Some telephone calls waiting. <laughs> Before we get to the calls, let me tell you something. <laughs> Julius was a trip when he was little. <laughs> yeah. He was doing it in the news when he was a kid. You understand? Y'all don't understand. Y'all, you, you, you had to have been there, man. You had to have been there. He was a kid and he was, he was raised in hell. <laughs> I mean, pure in hell. He's from the Transvaal, right? Yeah. And this dude's all over the news, bro. All over the news. And, and, and again, those, the chants that you're hearing, those are apartheid chants. Mm-hmm. You, you, you but, heard mm-hmm. those primarily from Zulus. Yeah. From the Zulu Nation. That's where you heard those typically from, from the IFP. You know, contrary to popular belief, people would say the IFP was, was, uh, was a tool of the, was a tool of the National Party. That's not true. That's not all. That's not entirely true at all. And the ANC, they, they were just pitted against each other. The ANC and the IFP and Carter Freedom Party. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, and you had a Pan African, uh, Pan African um, uh, Congress there, a PAC. Um, you had a bunch of different political parties that that with, when one of them did it, it didn't matter what party you were. They were they were you know they would get out there and they were African. It didn't matter about all that other stuff. It's, they were all mistreated. Which is, uh, that would, that became the turning point too. And after the, um, the, uh, release of Nelson Mandela, the, all of these disparate groups recognized the common enemy <laughs> and they decided to politically unite. This right. is what gave them their strength. I was there the day that they took their army. I was there downtown Joburg on Yon Smuts. When they put that, when they came, when the Zulus, they start out with just Zulus, but that, I'm telling you right now, you, you can feel the ground, you can feel the ground shaking underneath your feet. Mm-hmm. I bet. <laughs> and, that, and that was, that, and when we, when we came out from out of the, um, out of the, um, the center there, there was a center the, the, that was attached to the school, excuse me, across from the school. And we go there and just hang out for a little while. But when we we heard and we felt the building shake, we stepped outside, and that's what they were chanting. And they were headed down that street, and they were headed for their army, their police army. If you think online, check the news, check the mm-hmm. news articles. <laughs> I saw it. I was there. That was that was, that was in nineteen ninety four. Yeah, that was no joke. Uh, so let's let's go to the call. All right. Go ahead, caller. You're on the Sunday forum. You're the last call. All right. I just swore and I do apologize. Okay. That was just- oh, no problem. <laughs> uh, and I really don't know what's going on, but can I just put it out for listeners, especially in the state and area we're in? Is that okay? Mm-hmm. Is that appropriate? Certainly. Uh, I, think, I think you'll appreciate what I'm going to say. Okay. Uh, uh, so that is, it's so messed up, man. It's, it's the white man. It is the white man because the white, you know, it's, it's like the white man burning down the Amazon forest and taking all the indigenous people out, just like here in America and Africa for slaves, you know, uh, just for resources. When And the, the messed up thing is, and... You know, I'm totally for the environment and, you know, uh, against climate change and all that. And, uh, or, you know, I, I believe in climate change and opposed to, or I would like to see more gas and whatever resources less used. But we go to other countries when it would be less expensive. We have the same resource. We have gold, you know, we have everything here. But we just do it because these countries are so poor, and that's not their fault. But, you know, they want to keep those. It's just like the Democrats and progressives here who want to keep the resources here and not mess with the mainland and nature itself. 
man, it, it, there's no reason why. You know, I'm not surprised everybody is so angry and stuff. You know? <laughs> you know? Yeah. Yeah, I'm here. Absolutely. Yeah, thank you very much. We appreciate your call. We appreciate your words. Um, well, Billy, I, 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 I hope you. that helps. It, it doesn't help anything, but I hope it helps. If I'm actually on the air, A, that's super dope. Yeah. My second time in one day. Yeah, thank you. Uh, no, We're out of time. Yeah, yeah, dude. Yeah. <laughs> it's all good. It's all good. Uh, you know, MB, like I was saying earlier, that's that's something that the, the chants you hear are no different from any chants you would hear from, from people in Asia who have been oppressed. Um, or, um, you know, we, we've seen it. We've seen this before. This is nothing new. So why, you know, why are we acting like Judas Dilemma is some sort of um, uh, new... Aberration. <laughs> yeah, man. Yeah. Judas Dilemma is nothing new. Judas Dilemma's been around a long time. But, but 